airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we've got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to your Monday with the Addisons. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. We'll try to cover as much ground as we can and then open up phone lines in the last segment. Get your take. Um, just have a conversation around some of the things that we have um, discussed. So the question for today's show or the topic of discussion formed um, or worded in the form of a question is uh, what's so wrong with government handouts anyway? What's so wrong with that? Mm. What's so wrong with government handouts anyway? Mm. And uh, it sounds like it's a question that is sort of in the middle of a discussion that's already going on. Well, <laughs> I would argue that it is already yeah. going on. Like yeah. this is this is a national discussion that will probably increasingly be a national discussion, especially as we get closer to uh, November election. Right. And we start talking about what people believe about the government's role in people's lives. And if you know anything about the Addisons, one of the things I hope you know by now, I so desperately hope you know by now, is that when we talk about what's happening in current events, mm -hmm. pop culture, what's mm -hmm. happening in the church, what's what's happening among Christians, um, I hope that you know we immediately go to the word of God. Amen. That's where we go. We don't go to, well, according to my conservative views. Right. I mean, that pales in comparison to what your actual straight edge should be. Right. It really does. Like, I mean, and and I would say there's a and, and here, here's why we have to be more comfortable saying, well, the Bible says this. So I choose to live according to these parameters. We have to be more comfortable saying this because there's a lot of discussion that you get in with people mm -hmm. who are would identify themselves as maybe liberal or conservative or whatever. And sometimes you feel like you're losing the debate from a political position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever had that feeling where you're like, you're losing the debate and you, right. you guys are both identifying as Christians. You're both, you're standing there, you're talking. Here are two believers. You've got two different ends of the political spectrum and you're trying to reconcile those views. You're trying to reconcile or bring those ends together. And you're like, oh, I just don't know how to get through. I feel like I'm losing. And the other person is like, I can't believe you think that way. That's so mean and so hateful and all of these things. And so often that tension can be dissolved if you say, you know what? Forget about our political affiliations for a second. Grab your cup of coffee, mm -hmm. come on over to the table, and if you want to pick a topic, let's see what the Bible says. But you know what? That's the um, harder thing to do for even most Christians. It's easier to just continue the dialogue on the political. Um, now, why do you think that is, Will the Great? I mean, I man. agree with you. Mm -hmm. Why do you? What, what makes that easier? Because I think that to yeah. a large extent, both positioning mm -hmm. would require that you have to do some research to know where you stand. Yeah. But so, I think, I think far more Christians may not really understand the faith that they um, say that they adhere to. I think, okay. I think there's a feeling of 
in, in certain ways, in certain ways that mm-hmm. uh, theologians really dive into that kind of stuff. My pastor ah, may understand, but I, see. I, I see. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or let me say this too, and and this this may be you know just on par with what you're saying, and and probably even more tragic. I think that there is less knowledge about what the Bible says versus what our party platforms uh, platforms say. Yeah, platforms, and I think platforms. there's a that's probably a, a listening to too much media than we should. Mm-hmm. So we have all these things running through our heads, and, and we're trying to. You know, like you said, line up to what our mm-hmm. point of view is with every yeah. story or every event. So here is here is the remedy to that. And, and this is why we do airing the Addisons. We the the way we engage in talking about cultural issues is what does the Bible say? We go back to the Bible as our highest authority. And we what we're attempting to show and it's different from just saying and, and I, there's this I'm not trying to reduce or diminish anything it's different from saying, let's sit down and have a Bible study because mm-hmm. we can detach ourselves from what we learn in a Bible study mm-hmm. because we put those things in categories. That's my right. spiritual life. Right. And then now I got to get up and I got to go to work the next day. And then that gets me back into my real life. Right. But we don't realize that we're not supposed to have these compartments as it pertains to the faithful Christian. Right. right? The authentic Christian. So when you listen to this program, just so that there's not any confusion, what we're attempting to do is show that when there are current events, when there are issues that pop up in culture, what we are tasked with doing, and this should be a default for us, but what we're tasked with doing is saying, Lord, have you addressed this already? Mm. Have you told us where where our position is to be? Mm. There can I just tell you now it's not there's going to there's always going to be um, the battling of factions and the battling of divisions within right. the body of Christ. There's always going to you're always going to have that. But there are some divisions that we have that are simply based on willful willful ignorance of the word of God. Mm. I mean, I know mm. that sounds I, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that to sound mean, but I'm just saying there are just some things. Yeah. That we we choose not to understand yeah. when we choose not to learn and apply the word of God. So having said all of that, um, the question again, what's so wrong with government handouts anyway? Hmm. I mean, what's the big deal? Why do you guys care? Why, 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 why does that matter? So what I want to do is and I had this story on Friday, which, again, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we didn't get to it because yeah, we had it a good is Friday. A, we had a good Friday. <laughs> we, we had a fun Friday. That's that's what we aim for, and it was good. Um, but this is one of those things that really sort of, um, you know, grabs my attention when when I believe that more and more people are increasingly conditioned to accept things that once they would have rejected, mm-hmm. but over time they are systematically worn down. Yeah. Okay. They're worn down and they say, well, what? I mean, come on. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Why do we care? And now my position is that it's easier to arrive at that place when you don't have a biblical conviction, which Mm -hmm. is why I think the biblical conviction supersedes all conviction. That's right. Like I don't, I mean, because you're not going to too quickly give up what you staked your life on. Because the biblical, um, you know, a mindset it, it, it kind of dives down into all other ways you would think like that's the yes. first and top, you know, and so everything else comes in line 
with what your biblical worldview is. Yes, exactly right. Now that's, I mean, <laughs> that's the aim. <laughs> that's that's what well, yeah, that's, that's what you hope. Right. That's what you hope is happening. You right. know, um, unfortunately, and and I think our weakened state as a church reveals this. That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. Here's a story. Mm-hmm. Here's a story. Um, a group of, and this is as a Friday, right? And of course, this is all changing. And I, I was reading um, a couple articles even today that there are different proposals. How do we how do we dig ourselves out of the effects of this pandemic on our country, right? How do mm-hmm. we get out of this? And there are all sorts of thoughts, you know, as as far as what would help incentivize the regrowth or the rebuilding of our country, economically speaking. Um, but this came across my desk, so to speak. On Friday, and I posted about it on my Facebook page. You can go and, and check that out if you want. Of course, we're going to put a link to this story in the show notes so you can go back and see it for yourself. But the headline is uh, Proposal to Give $2,000 Per Month to Americans Gains Traction in Senate. Mm. Okay, that's the headline. So that grabbed my attention. Okay, um, not because I don't believe that there are Americans who have been upset by what has happened in this country financially. They've been upset financially. Let me say it that way Mm -hmm. by what has happened in this country. We have seen some small businesses, uh, some medium sized businesses that probably will never come back um, as a result of this. Um, We're talking about tens of millions of people unemployed. Um, we are still learning what the long-term effects of this will be that cannot be measured in dollars and cents, mm-hmm. right? The effects on people's families, uh, people's homes. We, I, I talked about the mental health effect of what is going on and all of these things taken into consideration. The financial part of it is a part of it, okay? And, and depending on what you focus on, you may say it's a huge part, but it is a part of it. There's a lot that has affected our country um, in the wake of coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic, right? Yeah. So here is this headline and here's some details here. And then what I want to do, and maybe it looks like as the time is shaking out, we'll probably get to this in the second segment. I'll do my best to work through it. But remember, this is just the information. The question is, okay, so as a Christian, how do we process it? So the bulk of our time, the bulk of our time should be spent searching the scriptures. Come on. You, we get the information, we yes. get the story. Then as a faithful Christian, what we say is, Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. how should we live? Have you provided parameters for how we live, how we process, how we think about these current events, think about these issues? We've always got to make that connection. So here's the story. And then when we come back on the other side of the break, we'll spend some time just digging into the word of God. And I hope that it will not come as a surprise that the scriptures have already dealt with how man is supposed to live. Mm. <laughs> mm. And who is supposed to be a source. Mm. Okay, so so we'll talk about all of that, right? And and for a second, everybody listening, for a second, and that this may be scary for each person on each side of this discussion, but take off your conservative hat. Mm. Take off your liberal hat. Take mm. off your Republican hat. Take off your Democrat hat. Will's like, don't touch independence. Take off your independent <laughs> hat. I'm coming for your group too, Will. Take it off. And, and if you're a Christian, if you identify as a Christian, meaning that you have put your faith, your hope, and your trust in the resurrected Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. if you have been justified by his sacrifice, then that makes you a Christian. Mm. All right? Amen. So now we all gather around the table as mm. Christians. Amen. 
And I'm watching it's you. If you try table. to sneak under uh, the table and you try table. to grab that Republican hat and put it back on, no. I'm gonna smack it off your head. No, I'm kidding. I no. won't do that. We're gonna help you. With I won't that. do that. <laughs> I won't. I won't put hands on anybody. Um, <laughs> it's just a joke, people. Hugs. I'm gentle. Hugs. Hugs. I'm gonna hug you and take that hat off your head. <laughs> we our higher calling is that of a Christian. All right. So here we go. Here's a story. Um, proposal to give two thousand dollars a month. To Americans gains traction in the Senate. A group of Senate Democrats unveiled a proposal on Friday that would give most Americans a monthly payment of two thousand dollars until the coronavirus the coronavirus pandemic begins to fade. Who knows um, when that is? Just, there's just a portion that's so open ended. Yeah. I mean, just right there, you could say we don't know. We don't know people. Okay, so Senators Kamala Harris, uh, Bernie Sanders, Ed Markey uh, released the so-called Monthly Economic Support Act. The Monthly Economic Support Act that would dramatically expand the one-time stimulus payments of $1,200 sent to most Americans as part of the massive relief, relief package signed at the end of March. Similar to a House bill that was proposed in mid-April, the senators called for $2,000 cash payments to go to every American who earns less than $120,000 a year. It would expand to $4,000 for married couples and also provide an extra $2,000 for each child up to three. Put mm-hmm. down the two, carry the one. <laughs> um, <laughs> as uh, so we oh, said back in the goodness. day, good luck, that's a lot of money. Where's it coming from? Yeah, right. ah! Who's paying for that? Who's paying for that? So, But again, we don't even have to go into that mm-hmm. when we start to delve into <laughs> the word of God. Like, you again, because I'm the first one, I'm taking out hats. I'm sorry. We don't even have to, we don't even, because well, see, that becomes a conservative prince. That's true. We can all put our Christian hat on. But what I'm saying is it becomes it becomes almost a conservative principle if the first thing you go to is, okay, who's who's paying paying for for it? Where's the money coming from? (laughs) Take that hat Because the liberals are going to say, you know, I know. So I'm the first one reaching under the table. Somebody smack my hand. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) I said it too. And I followed you. Lord. You're supposed to. I know. I'll I'll take the heat for that one. I blame you for this. <laughs> the plan would be retroactive to March. Folks, listen to this. The plan would be retroactive to March. Monthly payments would last until three months after the Health and Human Services Department has declared the public health emergency over. Retroactive to March, <laughs> go on three months after the Health and Human Services Department says this is over. So much of the conversation Yikes. revolves around not really knowing when this is, I'm using my quotes here, over. Right. All right? Right. Let's stop here for a second, and then let's remember our question, what's so wrong with government handouts anyway, and pick up with the word of God on the other side of the break, shall we? Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay close. The conversation is uh, Nemo's Nemo's discussion with his father. You think you can do these things, Nemo, but you can't. <laughs> you think you can do these things, you know? And uh, and and why do I say that? Because there, you know. And, and again, we're going to go back to the Word of God. But being handed something has a very crippling effect on yeah. a person. 
It makes you think something of yourself that isn't true. When you are not allowed to do the things that you have been gifted to do, it's a God-given ability that you have. When that is uh, curtailed, when that is stifled, something inside you dies. And uh, and so we're going to talk about that. Now, I'm holding out. I got to tell you, I want to I really do want to share this FDR quote. And I shared this back in 2015. Mm, yeah. um, but I think it's so stunning that in 1935, this would have been said. And and maybe you know what? Let me do this. Pin this in the back of your mind. Pin this uh, this quote by uh, FDR in the back of your mind. And uh, and then we're going to go and we'll we'll just um, kind of jump around. We'll take a look uh, from Old Testament to New Testament to see what it is that God wants us to know about him, um, about ourselves, and about the nature or the character of a person who is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay? And that's, mm-hmm. that's sort of like the three categories that we're going to spend some time in. But in 1935, uh, during a State of the Union address, uh, FDR said, and this is what he's talking about, um, the effects of government ballooning out of control. And I know this sounds like I'm putting my Republican hat on, but I'm not. And <laughs> what I'm going to share with you is coming from a Democrat, obviously. All right. Or came from a Democrat. So right. so what, I, what I'm saying is just understanding there is something about human nature. OK, that God has allowed us to know about the way we're designed, that there are some things that are good and there are some things that are bad. Right. All right. And and if you're honest, it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. You will say this is good and this is bad. The problem we have so often is getting people to be honest. Getting people to just say, you know, I know this goes against my party affiliation. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But um, anyways, we'll have to deal with all of that. But here, here was the quote uh, in 1935 from FDR in part. All right. The lessons of history confirmed by the evidence immediately before me show conclusively that continued dependence upon relief induces a spiritual and moral disintegration fundamentally destructive to the national fiber Mm. to dole out relief in this way Mm. is to administer a narcotic, a subtle destroyer of the human Mm. spirit. It is inimical to the dictates of a sound policy. It is in violation of the traditions of America. That was in 1935. (laughs) (laughs) But when we stand up and say, hey, something dies when a person's God-given ability is suppressed, you know, we want to make that a conservative principle. <laughs> so we get to determine how long we listen, depending on where that's coming from. You understand? Yeah. So, so here, the question again, what's so wrong with government handouts? And what we're attempting to do is to put on our Christian hats first and foremost. Mm-hmm. All right. Let that be our long top hat. And have a discussion around this. Yeah. Um, again, if you're just joining us, this is in light of, <clears throat> excuse me, information that was out on Friday, that there is a proposal out there circling around that's circulating around that's gaining traction <laughs> in the Senate of two thousand dollars a month um, or four thousand dollars a month for married couples and up two thousand dollars per child, um, up to three children, for um, f- up retroactive to March, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then up to three months past when it's determined that we are good with the COVID-19 pandemic. All right. All of this very subjective. (laughs) Okay. All of this just very, you know, subjective. So again, what I, what I want to make sure people understand here is that I understand that there are people who are hurting, that there are millions of people who've lost their jobs. Yeah. I want people to understand that I understand and am acquainted with and have read um, about the numbers of Americans who now say they are someone they know 
has lost their job as a result of COVID-19. So this is not that's not something that's made up. Mm -hmm. And in fact, please understand, people who have sinister ulterior motives, they they can they don't need something to be made up. They can, in fact, work with the facts. Right. To Mm -hmm. get to the end they want that is still not good for you. So it doesn't have to be that we're just combating lies. No, it's truth that we're dealing with. The question is, what do you want to do with that truth? Yeah. How do you want to handle that truth? So we're talking about the question of work and the the problem here. And I'm going to tell you why I immediately want to go to the question of work, because I really believe I really believe that something dies in a person Mm -hmm. when they are on the receiving end of handouts. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't think that a lot of people who are on the receiving end of handouts even realize that it's happened. They just feel like, you know, this is this is life. Mm -hmm. This is normal. Mm -hmm. But God has shown us something about himself from the very beginning. And and I I'm hoping that we can all see this when we look at the scriptures. Right. So when we meet God, so to speak, in Genesis one. God is showing us his what? His work. God is showing us his work, mm-hmm. right? The Bible teaches us, you can read, you read the creation account, Genesis 1, chapters 1 through 30. You read that, you're very familiar with that. You see the creation account. How is it described? Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says that God ended his work on the seventh day. He ended his work. So all of the account that you've just read now is summed up in what God did was work. So God reveals something about his character, about his nature. Yes. in in creation, of course, you could look at that intricately and see all the different things that God wanted you to know about himself. But one of the first things is that God works, that he worked in creation from the very beginning. Then he makes this man. All right. And he, he places this man in the garden mm-hmm. to work and keep it or to work and tend it. Yeah. And I remember, you know, you would have these conversations with people where they would talk about work being the result of the fall. <laughs> and and you're going, well, where did you get that? Right. Where did you get that? Because Adam being placed in the garden to work and tend it was not a punishment. Right. That's before the fall. Right. Now, it's tedious and it's toilsome. And, you know, now it's not as easy as it once was, but it was not a punishment as it was originally given. Right. Now, why am I saying this? And because I know there are some people who are going to say, well, Miki, people are losing their jobs. Right. Which is why the demand and the push must always be, let us get back to work. Yeah. yeah. That must be the demand and that must be the push. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, as long as you can pacify people, okay, pacify people with, but, you know, here's what will happen. Yeah, you just can't work. You can't. And and everything needs to stay shut down until we know that we're absolutely clear. All right. Because what eventually happens is people, something dies. Okay, folks, something dies. We are designed for this purpose to work with our hands and to have something that we do that reflects, that shows who God is in the earth. It wasn't just a task that God gave to Adam. You understand the Bible also teaches that we are made for the glory of God. Isaiah chapter 43, verse seven reveals that we are made for the glory of God. 
Then the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, says that whatever we do, we're supposed to do for the glory of God. So we're made for the glory of God. Then we're supposed to live for the glory of God. So reflecting in this earth who God is. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this is our challenge. We are made to reflect in this earth who God is. And now we're supposed to live reflecting who God is. And a part of who God is, he reveals himself showing us in what he has done, his work. Mm. Now, I'm going to read this. And, and, And guys. I hate to make everything. I'm not like the church lady. Could it be Satan? I'm, I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to be like that character, but I want you to understand that there is always more than what meets the eye That's when true. you see a direct attack on God's created order. Yeah, there's That's always true. more to it. It's not That's just right. about how we function in the culture. It's not just about, are you a liberal? Are you a conservative? This is about what is it that God has designed and shown us about himself? Mm -hmm. What does he want us to reflect in the earth because we're made in his image? And then we have to ask ourselves this question, has Satan not sought to mar that repeatedly? Mm -hmm. Does he not want to stop that all the time? Look at what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 19. And this, man, just think about this. The Bible says, that God reveals himself to us in his work. <laughs> mm. He has made known who he is to us in his work. We see him working in the beginning. And now this work is used to show us who God is. Psalm chapter 19. Guys, this is mind blowing. When you think about what it is to truly know God and to live as a Christian, we don't just reject things because they don't align with us politically. Yeah, We have a greater passion than that. Psalm chapter 19, verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their works to the end of the world in them. He has set a tent for the son, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs its course with joy. It's rising is from the end of the heavens and it's circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat day after day. God's work mm-hmm. shows us something about who he is. Could it be, <laughs> could it be, That God has designed man that in the work that we put forth, our output says something, yes, not only about us, but about who God is. Mm. We are made in his image. We are made for his glory. So the way that we live reflects this God. This is a part of God displaying who he is in the earth. So not only the creation, those, those things that are not living, so to speak, But also we who are alive, we are made for the glory of God. We are designed so that we testify of who God is. Mm. And part of that is doing and working with our hands. And this is a principle that is not lost in the New Testament. So as you continue on and you read, look, and this is only a question. This is only a question because We have to have forward thinking, meaning we need to move down the line and think, why why would people want us to be medicated with (laughs) ongoing handouts? Yeah. 
Is there is there some sort of, you know, as FDR put it in 1935, is there some sort of given things and and, and you don't you don't work, you don't earn it. Say that again. Is there some sort of narcotic, Mm -hmm. as FDR would have put it in 1935, that you're you're given something, you don't work, Mm -hmm. you don't earn it. But it is it is something you I mean, it's going to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. Is there something inside of you that dies? Mm -hmm. One the opportunity to reflect the glory of God in the earth, to show who God is, that he does all things well. He does all things well. There, Really, if you think about the necessity of each one of us living and contributing and sort of maintaining our share of the earth that God has given us, and I don't mean just the tangible land, but I mean those things that he's called us to do. Let me say this also. The character of a workman is displayed in his work. Mm. So as Christians, the way we work, how we work shows what we really believe about God. So when we refuse to do that, or when we are crippled because of, you know, long received doles, we fail to reflect who God has designed us to be and what he has designed us to do. So my rejection my constant and consistent rejection of government handouts ongoing. Look, and, and people can get into the nuance of, well, what about when a person falls on hard? Yes, people fall on hard times. But can I, can I tell you that there are some people who have fallen on hard times in the body of Christ for whom it must be said the body of Christ was supposed to help them, not the federal government? Hmm. Mm. Guys, if you go back to the word Mm. of God, if you look at the scriptures, then what you very quickly discover is the Lord has not left us to just call audible, to make it up on the fly. And if you look at his wisdom, you see that his wisdom is directly connected to his obvious knowledge of the way he built us. So the way things function are not just pulled out of a hat. Oh, well, I think, yeah, you know, the people should do this. No, no. God's wisdom and his instructions to us are the direct result of, of course, it's like, it's obvious that God knows who we are. Yeah. It's obvious that God knows how he has designed us. If you look in, if you look in Ephesians um, chapter four, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to turn there. (laughs) But if you look in Ephesians chapter four, you see that the apostle Paul is, uh, basically given sort of these the the instructions on how the new believer is supposed to live right Mm -hmm. like what is the what is the character of the follower of the lord jesus christ and we know um we we read in ephesians chapter 4 that there's not supposed to be any coarse or any lewd talk coming out of our mouths but at the same time at the same time if you look at the scriptures i'm going to start at um i'm going to start at I'm going to start at verse 17, Ephesians chapter four, verse 17. I may not have time to get all, all of it in. We'll pick up on the other side of the break, but the apostle Paul writing by the Holy spirit says, now this, I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do (laughs) in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Now, first of all, Paul is saying, hey, I'm about to tell you something that is absolutely contrary to those that surround you. 
Don't live like the people live around you. Mm. And then he breaks off into what you're now supposed to do. We'll get to that on the other side of the break. Aaron the Addisons, stay close. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. This is the speed round um, because this is where I start to look at the clock and realize that I also want to open the phone lines, but got a lot of information to give you. So uh, if you need the interpretation, ask my husband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, Will. Hi, I'm Will. Hey, one point that you made about the church uh, that some of this, you know, taking care of and stuff like that on hard times, you know, uh, the church should have embraced or um, now I'm not trying to put on any hats but mm-hmm. I, I i've been of the mindset that you know when the government says hey i want to help you out seem like the end result is more power over you more yes. you know when the church says hey man this is one of ours we need to help out it's out of compassion and love for family you know that's right. that's, that's a main difference to me you know ronald reagan said the most terrifying words in the english language are <laughs> i'm from the government <laughs> And I'm here to help. And I think that's oh boy. because the end result is more power over yeah. a people. You know, that's what they desire. You know, even though it may look like I'm trying to help you in mm-hmm. the end, it's like, no, really, what I want is to have more of a hold on on you. That's right. You you mentioned um, Proverbs uh, 22, 7. I think it was you said yeah. Proverbs 22, yeah. 7. Yeah. Um, you know, there is power in a person feeling like they owe you something or, you know, there is power in feeling like, um, well, you're, you depend on me. Yeah. And interestingly enough, the church's help or the church's aid to believers in need has strict parameters. Yeah, it's it, not it just it's give not, money to exactly. anyone. There's certain criteria exactly. that have to be met. Exactly. We skip all over this in the scriptures <laughs> and to our detriment. Exactly. Like it's, so it, it confirms even more that the church's desire is not control. It's not to mm-hmm. be some sort of welfare system. Right. Although the church wants you to fare well. Right. Your spirit man to fare well. There's something set up for widows and certain widows indeed. <laughs> widows right. indeed. You know, That's it talks right. about if a man is not working, he shouldn't eat. So it's not like a just, hey, open up the floodgates. Everybody, if you don't want, you know, want to work, you, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, and it's not just that. It is also the Bible gives instructions on how families are to help their families. Yes. And guys, I, I got to tell you, a lot of what we see reflected in cultures who immigrate to this country, mm-hmm. it seems there is some sort of, I don't know, um, innate understanding that my parents are not to be thrown away because yeah, they're not supposed to be thrown away. That's right. <laughs> and and we seem to find that odd or we're yeah. intrigued by that. But can I tell you that that's pretty close to biblical alignment. And mm. I want to get to those scriptures because <laughs> I want our listeners to be able to go back and be Bereans and yeah. to look at this. Our defense of whatever position we take in culture is not based on some sort of political affiliation, guys. That's right. It should that's always right. be the word of God as our straight edge. That's. That's our highest metric. That's that's how we measure our engagement. I want to finish up with Ephesians uh, chapter four and then and uh, 
and then we'll move on. I want to look at first Timothy. And then if we have some time, which I know we won't second Thessalonians, um, the Bible doesn't leave us to make it up on our own. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here we have the apostle Paul. He's warning the Ephesian believers not to leave, live like the Ephesians around them who are not believers. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up with 19 here. Uh, he says talking about those unbelievers, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality um, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Now watch this verse 22 to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. Look at this verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Mm. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. So if you were once a swindler, swindle no more. (laughs) Now, now do honest work, work with your hands. And, and what's the result of that? So now you can pay it. I hate to say it this way, but you can kind of pay it forward. You can help people Mm -hmm. who are in need. Yeah. And so when we exist in a community where we have these as our governing principles, really, it's a type of reciprocity that exists within the body of Christ. You saw this even with the Apostle Paul and the collection for the Jerusalem saints, that it wasn't socialism. He wasn't demanding that other believers pick up the bill and foot the tab for these believers. No, it's a certain reciprocity. And what the Apostle Paul says, if you go back and you even read this in 1 Corinthians, he's saying, I think it's first, maybe second Corinthians. I'll have to go back and double check that. But what the apostle Paul is saying is that he didn't want the people who were giving to be burdened. No, he wanted there to be fairness. So you help when these people are hurting. And then when you're in a bind, those people will help you. Now we're talking about the body of Christ here. This is not something that the government can do. Mm-hmm. This right. is something that believers are tasked with doing. Then you fast forward and this is I'm going to give the reference because I'm hoping that our listeners will go back and check this out for themselves. And everything what we're trying to do is we're trying to give a backdrop for how we engage the culture. Why do we think the way that we think? It's not because we're political conservatives, guys. That's the low hanging fruit. Why do we think the way that we think? We think the way that we think because our minds have been renewed. We are no longer conformed to the patterns of this world. We have been transformed. Our minds have been renewed. And now what governs our thinking is the word of God. And if the word of God in 1 Timothy chapter 5, and it's verses 3 through 16, and it's a lot to read. Let me give the number. If you want to talk to us, you can. 888-589-8840. 888 888- Sherry B will get you queued up as quickly as possible. And then we'll talk to you in the meantime, if the Bible provides parameters for how we are to care for our family and the Bible provides parameters, even for the role of the church, it's not the church's responsibility to just give to someone because they present a need. Mm. Can you imagine if the apostles, if the overseers, if the deacons, you know, would say, Uh, so-and-so has a need. 
Well, let's go to the criteria listed here in Paul's letter to Timothy. Mm-hmm. And let's see if the person actually meets that need. Can you imagine what kind of health would be restored to the church if we Man. functioned in that way? Man. The Bible teaches that families are supposed to care for their families. Guys, we got some family members. Now, look, and this is not to say because I know that there are some family members that you will try to do all you can to help. And it's man, it's like it's like pearls before swine. Mm-hmm. It's it's like blowing money out in the wind. And so you got to use wisdom, right. right? In everything that we do, we've got to use wisdom. But when there are individuals that we have just retreated from because we're like, eh, it's become a cultural norm that, mm-hmm. oh, my parents are going to go do that. They got, you know, they got that system set up from they're going to collect that. They're going to get that. And we detach ourselves from their care. The Bible says we're behaving worse than an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Guys, that's that's the word of God. That's. That's not what I'm saying. That's what the Bible is saying. The Bible actually gives parameters for how um, widows are to be defined. If the widow has kids who can care for her, Mm -hmm. then she should be cared for by those kids. The Bible says that. The Bible tells us that. You look in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul is warning against idleness. And he's like, look, if you got people who are busybodies, they're walking around and they're not working, but just expecting you to give them hands out or give them handouts. What does the Apostle Paul say? He says, look, if the man won't work, then he shouldn't eat. Right. He better learn how to work with his hands. And and the Apostle Paul goes back again to himself as the example. Didn't I set this example for you? He asks Mm. by showing you that you should earn a living that you should toil and work for your own bread. But we have grown so accustomed. It's that narcotic that FDR talked about in 1935. We have grown so accustomed to someone else is going to do that. Someone else is going to give that to them. I don't need to worry about that. That we have disconnected ourselves from that full life engagement that is Christian living. Mm. The body of Christ being connected. I guarantee you, If you stub your pinky toe walking next to your bed at night, hmm, I guarantee you, you don't look down and say, that's not my problem. Your whole body tells you that that pinky toe is your problem, (laughs) that your whole body responds and says that is your problem. So what I'm saying is before we say, hey, what is it that the government can do? Or what is it that the government should do? Let us go back to the scriptures and determine more accurately what it is that Jesus Christ has called believers to do for one another. It's a lot, guys. You can't exhaust this book. Yeah. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Melinda in Ohio. Hi, Melinda. Hi. How you doing? Hello. Good. Hi. I love your show. I got a question. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you were talking, and I know it's not a done deal. Uh, they already did that stimulus package, which I was not, you know, I wasn't real savvy with that. But if they if they pass this, how do you opt out? I don't, I don't like the government just handing out money like that. I don't mm. want their money. Hmm. Like you said, we're going to owe them something. They don't give anything for free. 
Right yeah, I'll that. tell you, that's that's such a great point, Melinda. And I've had other people ask that question. What do you do? Do you send it back? I've seen different people suggest um, giving it to those who are in need, giving it to their local assembly to go and meet the needs of, to those who have needs. Um, but I'll tell you one thing. My greater concern, yes, it is the financial impact on our nation, but it is also the reconditioning of of our humanity. Yeah. And so I think the big way, the biggest way, and then there are practical steps after that, but I would say I think the biggest way to act out is to resist the change in your thinking. Mm-hmm. And I have seen Christians who maybe once called themselves conservatives say, well, look, I'm not going to turn that down. That's free money. I'm going to use that money for this. I'm going to use that money for that. But at the same time, my strong caution is, okay, be renewed. Let your mind be renewed. Do not let that become a pattern of your thinking that the government is supposed to come to your aid. Now, that's something that each individual believer has to work out, if that makes sense. Um, I know that we have senators who represent us. You know, and so that's that's when you get really alarmed and you start to contact their offices and say, hey, <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. But I think that takes a that's the second level of defense. The first line of defense is making sure that you don't become a victim of this culture and begin to believe that because it's happening, it must be good. Mm-hmm. That's the first line of defense. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Pastor Lawrence in Memphis. Hi, Pastor Lawrence. Hey, there. Hey. Hello. How you good folks doing? Doing good. Good. God bless you. Bless you too. I hadn't talked to you all in a while, but good good to get back on with you again. Amen. Great to hear from uh, you. Yeah. Y'all got a, a, a subject that's really important. I think one of them deal with laziness. That's mm-hmm. what I look at. If you constantly give people stuff, they're gonna be lazy. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna work. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna get out there and use the best resources they have within themselves. Yeah. To produce. Yeah. Uh, God, God commands uh, if a man don't work, he don't eat. Mm-hmm. Paul went as far as to tell the, the, the different people that he even worked with his own hands as mm-hmm. a tent maker. Mm-hmm. That's right. To take care of his own ministry. That's right. I'm going to say this too. There's a lot of preachers who just as lazy as some of the members. They mm-hmm. will not work. Their membership, uh, they forced their members to pay them. And I'm just going to say it anyway. And a lot of them cannot afford to pay them, and they put those members into a position mm. where they feel guilty because they cannot pay them. You know, mm. let me say something, Pastor Lawrence. I, I appreciate your comment there. That is that is um, that is an observation. Pastor Lawrence is making an observation that I think we often overlook. You know, the Apostle Paul never set himself as a burden over the congregations that he established. And he even talked about suspending the rights that he had to ask for these things or to to require that so that there would not be this talk against him. You know, at the same time, at the same time, the Apostle Paul wrote very clearly to Timothy in chapter five of first Timothy let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially mm-hmm. those who labor in preaching and teaching. Right. So there is no prohibition against pastors um, earning a living right. from serving the body of Christ, to say it that way, not to diminish it. But we- And you can't bring me in unless you pay me this. Yeah, that's... 
That's not. I, I don't know. No. I, I think now you're acting outside of what is supposed to be the cheerful nature of the person giving right. and receiving and things like that. Because the pastor, look, who labors in preaching and teaching is worthy of that honor. That's right. There is great sacrifice in overseeing the household of faith and laboring in the preaching and the teaching of God's word. I thank God for the men who give themselves to this and sacrifice their families too, guys. You have mm. to understand. And there's a lot more we could say about that. Here is the ultimate aim, that we are not conditioned by the culture, that we are not being transformed by this culture, but that we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And how does that happen? By being steeped in the word of God. Mm. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.